Hi, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Minor to Major. Uh, well, you know what? It's not another episode. This is um, this is episode twenty, and because it is episode number twenty, uh, I think we ought to treat it very special with a special guest. My mom, my biological mom. So, uh, those who don't know, my parents are still married. They're still living uh, in good health. God say the same. And um, you know, we did this. Uh, this interview probably over a year ago from the day I'm airing it, which is uh, December 2nd, 2021. And so we we talked and we had a great conversation. We unpacked some things and, um, you know, just really talked about our experiences, me growing up and, um, you know, her being a mother to, to myself and, and my brother, Adrian. And so you know, we talked about some really great things. There's going to be some good learning, some key learning things that we can pull from it. And so um, I would love, I would love for you all to go ahead, sit back, kick your feet up and listen to this conversation between my mom and I. Really good stuff. Enjoy. Hey, before we get into today's episode with my mom, myself interviewing my mom, just having a good candid conversation with her, I wanted to remind you that I do have a book out. It's called Minor to Major, Turning Minor Setbacks into Major Comebacks. And that's what I help other people do, especially those who come from underprivileged backgrounds. So go to my website, www.minortomajortx.com. Go ahead and scroll, not even halfway through and punch the book. Okay, so there's an opportunity for you to get the copy of the book. It'll either go to Amazon. You can download it PDF. It's only less than five dollars. Avoid the coffee today. Avoid Starbucks and purchase my book. Make the sacrifice, but invest in yourself or a loved one. Thank you. You know, the main the, the main focus for for meeting with you, mom, because we never really debriefed about the experience from uh, before I went in. And then when I came home, mm-hmm. how it affected you. It's always mm-hmm. been since day one when I came home from prison, it's been about, you know, how can I bounce back? How can I go to college? How can, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How can I get this prison experience behind me? Mm-hmm. Um, for, for some of y'all who are just joining us, uh, Jeremiah Rankin's licensed professional mm-hmm. counselor. But before mm-hmm. I was a licensed professional counselor, I spent five years in prison. Uh, in 2004, I got sentenced to five years. I did day for day that five-year sentence, and when I came home in 2009, uh, my mom and my dad, support mm-hmm. system, family, uh, mm-hmm. they were there to pick up uh, kind of where I left off. I went from the college football field to prison, mm-hmm. uh, but just a lot of behavior changed. Let's, let's kind of rewind and go back to before I went to prison. Okay. So I had a lot of behavioral issues mm-hmm. uh, in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it was emotionally draining for you from, from elementary, middle school, all the way on up. Tell me, how did that affect you? How did that impact you? Um, what else could I do? You know, I wanted to make sure you had uh, glasses. I wanted to make sure you could hear. I mean, but after you did everything within, you know, as a parent you can do to try to help your child, it was draining. Um, and you didn't, it, it was draining. It was just emotionally draining. I think your my faith, carried me through Mm -hmm. but the other thing was all the attention was on you so therefore I had to put some of that attention to make sure Adrian didn't feel that he was neglected or he wasn't important so if you have other children 
you have that's on the back of your mind too. What you know, making sure they're okay. That's good because uh, that's a good point. So Adrian's my biological brother who grew up with me mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. in the home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so big shout out to you, brother. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, so yeah. It, mm -hmm. it's it's good that you brought that up because um, one child's behavior uh, needs a lot of attention, mm -hmm. demands a lot of attention, mm -hmm. and it can impact the whole family. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's a good takeaway mm -hmm. uh, from what you just said. Mm -hmm. I can remember you uh, taking me to, uh, I don't know if it was a psychologist, it was a, a, therap a clinician of some, some mm -hmm. type. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so um, I went there for a one-on-one -on -one session, and then from there, I went to uh, a group mm -hmm. and there was other kids who were dealing with emotional and mood and behavioral stuff going on. Mm -hmm. um, but can you tell me about that? Why did you decide to take me to a mental health professional? Because again, you want to do whatever it takes to find to find the root of the problem to help your child. Whether it, if they're acting up in class, uh, is it because they can't see and they become the class clown? Uh, do they not hear well? So you take them to get a hearing test. Is it something emotional uh, that's going on that I may not be equipped to deal with myself? So you, you reach out to the, you know, to any, uh, anything or anyone yeah, your resources, your resources so, to to uh to get help yeah. for you and your child because you you see it going on you know something's happening mm -hmm. so let's 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 kind of probe and dig deep into that so usually in the black communities and i'm and i know not everyone who is going to be uh uh seeing this uh, this video this recording uh with my biological mom uh here in san antonio texas thank you for joining us um, but in the black culture, usually, typically in the literature and my, my master's program and the books in the literature, it says that typically, uh, African Americans, blacks in the United States, um, therapists, mental health clinicians, it's usually a last resort when things are at its worst or, um, things are so bad, they don't know what to do. Then they go to, to therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, so typically that is. Mm -hmm. uh, the norm within our culture. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me about dad. Uh, how did he feel about me going to therapy? He's not one, and like most men, to talk about feelings. Um, he just, oh, he's he's just going through a, a spur, a, you know, a, a thing. He'll be he'll be fine. He's just acting up. He's, you know, um, so that put a lot of stress between he and I because we weren't on the same page. Mm -hmm as far as getting help or finding the root cause of something, you know, he, his, his whole thing was, you know, just, uh, you were in karate. Mm -hmm. He thought discipline and, and, and that kind of thing would help you. You were just gonna, we just needed to help you get through it. That's it. You know, as far as he was concerned, that's, mm -hmm. that's all it, it was. I can, I can remember saying, I can remember him telling you, um, I think the therapist wanted dad to come to a session mm -hmm. and um, his response was, and, and I, I don't want to misquote, but he said something as to the nature of, uh, I've lived with him for 15 years or 14 years, however, mm -hmm. however old I was, I don't need someone else to tell me about my child. Mm -hmm. um, something of mm -hmm. that nature. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. and, and I bring these things up and some mm -hmm. of the things that we are talking about, mm -hmm. it's not brand new folks. Mm -hmm. This is, 
This is, you're not mm-hmm. alone. This right. is happening across the board. So that's why I'm sharing these kind yeah. of conversations with my mom. Um, it was, even though he's not, and like most men, they're not touchy-feely, want to talk about emotions and, and that kind of thing. And then, too, a part of that is, you know, if something is going on with you, then what does that say about him? Mm-hmm. You know, that w- that's another thing. So, again, uh, but it did help having a male involved because, uh, you know, because you're, you're looking for that. Well, I'm a female trying to raise a, a, a boy child or trying to understand a male child. So, you know, even though he wasn't one to really show emotion, he could give me that, you know, male perspective and that's why he felt like if you could stay busy you know uh, stay on the football field or you know y'all went through uh, karate together Mm -hmm. all the way through black belt you know it was a bonding thing for you but at the same time we felt like you know if we kept you busy we keep you out of trouble so i I was definitely um I, i was definitely privileged in that regard in having both biological mom and dad so a nuclear family my biological brother in the home so it was four of us in the home Mm -hmm. and fairly good upbringing there was something that you had said about uh you and dad not being on the same page Mm -hmm. and it caused some conflict some Mm -hmm. some Mm -hmm. some friction there Mm -hmm. that also happens Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. that is not brand new so you are not alone in that regard as well Mm -hmm. um so can you tell me a little bit more about that and then i want to move on to just that the prison experience Mm -hmm. um Tell me, what, what are some things that y'all disagreed on? Therapy was one, therapy was one of them okay. because he felt like he don't need to go. He just needs his butt whooped or he mm-hmm. just needs to, you know, it's just a phase, mm-hmm. you know. And so for me, it was like, no, something is going on. And I, I could see the train wreck about to occur Mm -hmm. and I think I mentioned it to you once as a kid and I said Jeremy I can see you going into the belly of a whale for Mm -hmm. three days and I don't I don't I don't want that for you and um, that was hard I was sitting at the the uh, dining room table Mm -hmm. and I looked you in the eye and I said Jeremy you're headed in the wrong direction So real quick, I'm gonna stop right there. Yeah. So real quick, um, I just want to remind you, it's Jeremiah, to everybody. Oh, else Jeremiah. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so if you could say that one more time about at the very beginning when you said going, I'm, I'm headed in the wrong direction, mm-hmm. and we'll pick up right there. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, I knew that you were going in the wrong direction. I could see you as Jonah going into the belly of the whale for three days. Your three days was five years. And I remember distinctly sitting at the dining room table, holding your hand, looking into your eyes and saying, my, you're going in the wrong direction. And I can see it's, it's going to be a bad ending. And mm-hmm. I don't want that for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I, I saw it coming and I felt, I felt it coming and, it was, and I just felt like it was going to happen. Man, that, that is so, uh, and we can go into the spirituality of this. Um, there's so many different things. I wish I was taking notes, y'all. I'm going <laughs> to miss so much of what Mom is talking about. Yeah. But I can remember the first time that I, I got locked up for a burglary of a habitation. 
Um, and I was sitting in the jail cell laying on the mat because I was 17 in the adult jail uh, here in Bear County. And so they housed me by myself. So I was with the adults, housed me by myself because I was 17. And while I was sitting in there, I was crying. I was in there for about a week. I remember crying and I said, God, if you get me out of here, I promise I won't do this anymore. I promise I'm going to change my life around. And uh, I made several promises to God and I didn't follow through uh, with his will. And I continued to chase uh, these worldly temptations and these desires. And uh, it, it just led me down the wrong path. And so when, when mom talks about uh, the belly of the whale, um, it talks about, you know, it, it reminds me of how Noah was being disobedient. And so, mm-hmm. uh, so God had to mm-hmm. kind of, you know, yeah. um, kind of string him up for a little while. <laughs> and uh, he came to his realization, mm-hmm. um, his revelation. And so mm-hmm. that is extremely powerful, extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So I ended up going to the belly. And so mm-hmm. let's talk about that. How did that impact you? I believe. I believe you were uh, a flight attendant at this time, right? Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about that. Yeah. Well, uh, being that I did travel, I, I only worked four days a week, um, 12 days a month. But at the same time, some of those were, most of those were weekends. And uh, I did not want even a job to dictate to me if I could or could not come visit you mm-hmm. so I quit <laughs> which caused problems okay so let's talk about that I know we're kind of bouncing back before y'all stay with me um, because I do remember because the income was really well it was really good being mm-hmm. a flight attendant you had tenure you had a lot of experience doing this mm-hmm. um, I believe my dad didn't want you to quit because mm-hmm. of that financial stability yeah. and what it brought to the home mm-hmm. uh, but you wanted to quit because why Nothing is more important than your child. Okay, so you felt like if you're away from home, you're, you're not really tending to the needs of your child. Yes. Okay. Not only that, when you are incarcerated or when you were away from me, mm-hmm. it was more. It was so important that I still had influence on your thinking, uh, even though I did not have control over you physically. So uh, what are you thinking about? What are you talking about? Because as your mouth speaketh, your ears hear, Mm -hmm. your heart receives. So you still want positivity and uh, and just a sense of you. Yes, you did it, but that is not who you are. Mm -hmm. I remember you telling me. uh, Jeremiah, you're going in that place, but don't let that place get in you. I did not want a revolving door. Um, when you say revolving door, can you? What does that mean? I didn't want you to feel that. Okay, so now I am this thing that I did. Again, I, I say you may have done it, mm-hmm. but the thing that you did is not who you are. You did it, mm-hmm. but it's not you. So, and, and, and I wanted those two things to always be separate. You as a person mm-hmm. versus what you did. What you did can always be corrected or amended going forward. So going in 
because, you know, of restitution or, you know, paying your debt to society or whatever, mm -hmm. it, it was important to me. Quitting my job was, um, it was important to me because I wanted to be there every chance I got to physically see you and look you in the eye. While I was in prison. While you were in prison. To look at you, look you in the eye. Uh, encourage you. Uh, even in our letters, we always had really good conversations mm -hmm. and uh, theological uh, questions, and uh, that was that was part of it for me. It was, what are you thinking? You know, what is your mindset going to be when you came out? Mm -hmm. So, y'all, I've kind of uh, told you uh, my story and explained my background on when I went to prison. I started. Uh, I basically found myself as a man. I found myself. Mm -hmm as far as you know what I wanted I said when I when I went to prison I wanted to come out better than I mm -hmm. I was when I came in so I, I taught myself Spanish because I knew the benefits of being mm -hmm. bilingual mm -hmm. uh, mind you that kind of trickled off because of, of everything else that I got involved in with my school and so I fell off a little bit on my Spanish but I'm pretty well uh, versed in my Spanish mm -hmm. uh, till this day um, and, and then I learned politics and I started uh, asking myself questions about life and, mm -hmm. and my spirituality and my faith and my mm -hmm. belief. And so uh, that is what mom is talking about mm -hmm. when she uh, is referring to the letters, the correspondence that we had uh, mm -hmm. while I was in prison. So mm -hmm. I want to point out, you know, this isn't necessarily, uh, you know, a, a, a candid conversation about my experience in prison. It's not all about me. It's about you mm -hmm. and how being a parent uh, you are impacted and how it impacts you uh, when your child does not meet your expectation or their full potential, mm -hmm. how it affects the whole family. Mm -hmm. So you're getting the, uh, the mm -hmm. point of view from my mom, mm -hmm. and uh, unfortunately a part of my story is prison mm -hmm. uh, and five years in that. And so mm -hmm. she, when, when, when people go get sentenced to prison, there's so many other people that are mm -hmm. also impacted, mm -hmm. and my mom mm -hmm. was directly impacted as well. Yeah, um, yeah, because at the one point, Adrian began to act up. Uh -huh. right. And so that was, you know, I was glad I was home uh, because, you know, at that point, you know, it was two wheels as far as my husband, you know, your dad and uh, mm -hmm. Adrian, you know, they kind of began to clash. And so uh, their wheels, you know, and I had already seen that. You know, and so it was. It was very. Even, yeah, even before I went to prison, yeah, we had some. Yeah, we had some uh, some struggles. With right. Them, yeah. With them clashing. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So what you're saying while I was in prison, it, it continued. Yeah, it did, and, and he uh, went away. He he went to uh, live with family, right? To live with family, uh, we stayed close. We remained close, uh, but it hurt me that he wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And so, but he was finding himself at the at that time too. Um, never lost his spirit, his roots though. Yeah, that's really good. I've got to stop you right there. Um, so, I see so many kids and parents who come into my private practice here in Houston, Te well, in Houston, Texas, mm -hmm. um, who get frustrated because they're drilling their chi their children or their child uh, with with so much of the core values that they grew up with, mm -hmm. uh, a respect, mannerism, uh, mm -hmm. boundaries, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. in, in so many core values and mm -hmm. religion, faith, mm -hmm. um, uh, belief, whatever, 
they are drilling this in their their kids and their kids are not picking it up at the pace that they did or their Mm -hmm. other children have Mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of frustrating frustration in these parents Mm -hmm. but i also tell them you have to instill so many uh strategies techniques and values core values in your kids Mm -hmm. and at a certain point you've got to let them experience for themselves Mm -hmm. because there's no learning curve better than personal experience Mm -hmm. no learning Mm -hmm. curve better Mm -hmm. and it's hard for a parent who who, Mm -hmm. who you see you love them so much Mm -hmm. uh fall and bump their head you want to prevent that but what you end up doing a lot of times is you're hindering them from growth Mm -hmm. so i'm glad that you brought that up yeah because um once the foundation is laid i think um you can just that's all you can do Mm -hmm. basically lay the foundation and uh just hope they grow root yeah you laid the foundation throughout when i was a kid Mm -hmm. uh, going to church Mm -hmm. uh prayer so my mom would pray uh be speaking to god uh she would walk around the house cleaning loud gospel music she'd be crying Uh, (laughs) a lot of that stuff i remembered Mm -hmm. when i was in prison and so when i fell down uh if you will when i went to prison i fell and Mm -hmm. um I, I went back to my roots, mm-hmm. which was studying the word, mm-hmm. um, prayer, um, mm-hmm. belief, faith. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, speaking to the point that I just yeah. made earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So can you explain to me, I, I, w- I remember you coming to visitation mm-hmm. and, uh, the closer I got to San Antonio, I, I got bounced around to several different, uh, units while I was, I was incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I landed in a unit about an hour, hour and a half mm-hmm. uh, from San Antonio, Texas, mm-hmm. my mom would come faithfully uh, mm-hmm. at least once or twice a month. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's three things that people look forward to in prison, and uh, really two. One is commissary, because commissary <laughs> is necessary. Yeah. Uh, the other one is mail call. Mm-hmm. And then the third, if you have this, uh, it, it's visitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, because... All three of those are um, access to the outside world. Commissary is food <laughs> from out here in the community. And so yeah. all of those are little tangible things uh, from the world, yeah. outside world. Mm-hmm. So um, talking about visitation, it was a struggle to get dad to come see me. No matter how close I was, tell me about that. What was that conversation like? Um he was just so hurt. I don't know if you remember, but when you were sentenced, mm-hmm. he would not allow, allow me to go to court that day. Mm-hmm. He did not want to, me to see you like that. Mm-hmm. And definitely, if the outcome wasn't good, he, wanted, he didn't want me there for that. Mm-hmm. But the same effect that he felt or thought that it would have on me had it had on him to see your child mm-hmm. flesh of your flesh bone of your bone and you as a dad totally helpless I think affected him so much that he could not would not see you like that and it wasn't, an, and it took a lot. I mean, every visitation, uh, every letter, 
uh, he, he, that you sent me, he would read sometimes, you know, in the middle of the night because he worked nights, so he was accustomed to getting up or being up even when he was off. Mm -hmm. He was accustomed to being up in the middle of the night, and he would read your letters. And, and he, I, I think at that point he could begin to see the change uh, in you. And being that you were close, um, I don't think he ever wrote you, though. There was, there was a couple of times. So I think some of the letters that I have wrote. So one of the times I remember being upset because uh, how important commissary is. Uh -huh. um, I was working at a, uh, a swimming pool place before I got right. locked up or mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the first time, I believe. I don't know. I can't remember the yeah, details. Yeah, but I got uh, a $600 check, and I wanted that check. I worked for it. Uh, so I wanted that money, and um, I believe my dad had that money. He took that money, used it, paid bills, whatever he did, and so I was really upset, and I wrote home to you about it mm -hmm. or dad about it, and he responded, oh. you know, about all the things that he's done for me, uh, given me as far as the opportunities, uh, a good home, and uh, for me to do the things that I've done, uh, that $600 isn't mine. So it's not owed to me. So, um, it, he, and it was probably just out of out of anger yeah. too, because disappointment, disappointment you know, uh, hurt. Mm -hmm. And and as a parent, it's it 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 hurts. There was anger with me, but it didn't last. It, but a split second because, get over it. Your child needs you. Mm -hmm. You know. So, but it took dad a little bit longer. It took dad a, a, a little mm -hmm. longer. Yeah, so we all, we, we all process grief, pain, uh, suffering, mm -hmm. uh, uh, breakups. Like, we, mm -hmm. we all process things differently. Mm -hmm. um, and especially, uh, not just individually, but women and men. Mm -hmm. uh, and alpha male, like mm -hmm. my father. Mm -hmm. um, so, mm -hmm. okay. Talking about coming home. Mm. We're, I, I've skipped a whole bunch of details. We can dig in deep, but again, this is not about uh, my personal experience. Excuse me, my personal experience and, and me going to prison. It's more so how uh, children, your youth, your flesh of the flesh and blood of your blood uh, falls down, bumps their heads, or they need to experience life for themselves to mm -hmm. to get mm -hmm. that learning curve. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what this interview is about. So, mm -hmm. uh, talking about me coming home, I remember. Uh, speaking about me going to college, when I come home, I'm going to go back to college. I'm going to do all these things. Um, when you heard that in visitation, what did you think? Well, you were doing that even in prison. Mm -hmm. You were taking classes. And, and again, I, I think it's very important that you did that. And it's very important, um, the conversations that we had, the letters, because if your mind isn't fertile, it, you can think one thing, mm -hmm. but when you put action behind it, it gives you momentum. It gives you momentum. It gives you hope. Mm -hmm. And and even when when so when you came home, we didn't want that progress to stop. So even your brother got behind you, and we got you a refrigerator. I mean, whatever it took to move you into that dorm room, mm -hmm. we wanted to ensure. It was monetary, but at the same time, it was more than that. It was encouragement. It was, it was, it was, you know, giving you wind. So when in, I was in, in prison, your cell. 
when I was in prison and I was you, we would see each other at visitation. You believed that I was going to fulfill that 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 vision that I had for myself, or did you have confidence that yeah, he's going to go back to college, he's going to? Oh, absolutely. You were in school because of the foundation and 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 who you were. I mean, so even though you were doing things mm -hmm. that were contrary, but on the other hand, you were in college, so it was okay. So you took a detour. Mm -hmm. So let's get back on track. Let's get back on track. You can do this. You, and, but it was not me trying to convince you. It was an internal switch in you. Mm -hmm. But we were just there, I think, to really keep that coal coming into the engine of, you, you know, fire of your engine. Right. To let you believe, okay, I can do this. I can, I, I messed up, yeah, but I can do this. And I can, you know. And so, it, it, and as you took a class, and, and uh, you know, it was like putting one foot in front of the other. And so, when you came home, it was a matter of, you know, uh, let's get you back in school, mm -hmm. not hang out where you, with your old friends. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we wanted to get that, keep that momentum going. So yeah, it was important to get you in that dorm room. I remember when I came home and because there was a switch, there was a certain desire, passion, um, of, of the direction I wanted to take where mm -hmm. I wanted to go. And I was mm -hmm. so focused on that. I can remember when I came home, my friends came and picked me up. The friends that I grew up with and I would do dirt with, yeah. uh, they came and picked me up and we went out uh, they bought me a beer or something like that. Or I didn't drink at the time, but we did go to a bar. Yeah. And uh, yeah. after I came home, I was about 25 years old, 24 years 24. old. Yeah. And um, one of my guys, um, he pulled out a pistol and he asked me if I wanted to rob a grocery store. And he was serious. He was serious. Mm -hmm. um, and I laughed it off. I said, nah, man, I'm good, man. I just got out. Give me some time. But at the core, I said, I, in my head, I had two felonies. If we got pulled over, my friend, my buddy who was in the car with me had a pistol. The minimum is 25 to life on my next sentence because it is a felony. I cannot be that close to a firearm. Um, and I'm pretty sure the DA would have attacked me. They would have went after that. 25 year sentence. Yeah. Um, three strikes you're out. Yeah. And so I made that, I was scared for myself that I was going to go back to prison. And, and I just didn't want any part of that, mm -hmm. any part of it. Yeah, and that was our concern. Um, because when you come home, it is so, oh, I'm home. Uh, everything that, uh, that the, the maturity and the promises that you make to yourself, to your family while you're in, can easily go up and like smoke yeah so that's why i asked you what did you think about me and when i said this in visitation because i i, I felt like it was possible uh -huh. but i also knew when you came home that i didn't want you to settle in mm -hmm. I, I i was so glad you did not go to school at home because of the same friend friends mm -hmm. influences you know um, and that was important that you, that your child get uncomfortable, mm -hmm. get uncomfortable. And even if I wanted you near as a parent, I knew you being away would be much better. Yeah. So actually research actually backs what you just said. Research shows that, uh, and I was a little bit older, a non-traditional college student, but research shows that 
kids, 18 and older, who age at, out of our, the home, I should say, no, graduate from high school, uh, the ones that go further away from home end up being more successful, meaning more self-sustaining, have a, a job, career, able to pay their own bills. Mm-hmm. Um, so the people mm-hmm. who go, the kids who grow out of the home, I mm-hmm. should say the nest, uh, they either go to college, they go to military, they move in with a roommate. Mm-hmm. The further away they go to college, mm-hmm. the better chances mm-hmm. of survival uh, and, and not depending on mom and dad, uh, they become more independent, I should say. And then, too, having the mindset as a parent, want, knowing birds of a feather flock together. So you want your children to, to, to be able or start thinking about the company that they keep. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that my mother always told me was iron sharpens iron. Mm. You know, you or you can't chickens don't hang out with eagles. Th- those little old sayings, it, it began to come to roost when I, you know, when it came to you, mm-hmm. you know, and I knew that, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of nuggets. There's a lot of things that my mom and I can process yeah. and we can talk about. Yeah. I like to keep uh, my videos yeah. really short. I don't want to lose anybody. I'm gonna end with this message. She brought up the eagle. And so we're going to talk about the eagle, and as far as parenting goes, mm-hmm. uh, how the eagle take care of their 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 young their young. Mm-hmm. The difference is, uh, of course, uh, these are animals, these are birds, and we are human beings. But I want you to take the same concept and utilize it. Mm-hmm. The the eagle, the eggs hatch after an eagle sits on it. Mom, dad goes out, brings back food, the worms, whatever mm-hmm. it is, tears it up puts it in the the, eagle, the little baby uh, eagle's mouth, the beak, whatever, feeds the eagles, going, leaving the nest, coming back, leaving the nest, coming back, mm-hmm. feeding those baby eagles, right? Mm-hmm. The beagle, the chicks, these baby eagles, they see the, the, the parent, mom, dad, they see that parent leave the nest, fly off, and come back constantly to feed uh, their 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 they're young. Mm-hmm. After a certain age, after a certain time, the eagle, mom, dad, they pick up that baby eagle. You've seen me do this several times. It's in you. You know how to do this. You've seen me tear apart this meat and put it in your mouth. It's time for you to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. You see me jump off this ledge, spread my wings, and fly mm-hmm. so many different times. Mm-hmm. After a certain, I don't know, couple of weeks, that mother, that dad, it picks up those baby eagles, flies, and it drops that eagle. But before she pushes it out of the nest, she begins to make it uncomfortable. Mm. She starts taking away some of the ticking, and that which makes that nest comfortable. Mm. Mm. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. So it's good in preparation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing this whole time mm-hmm. as as parents. I'm a parent. As mm-hmm. parents, we are preparing them to leave the nest. You want if them to fly. You want them to fly. You want them to fly. And it's, it's a whole lot different. Um, the, fly, the, the birds, hopefully they spread their wings and they fly. We don't want them to fall and hit the ground and no. end their life. But mm-hmm. um, at the same time, uh, it's important. As a parent, mm-hmm. it's important yeah. for you to, to allow your children to spread their wings and fly. Yeah. I thank y'all for joining me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's going to be several Mm -hmm. more interviews. We can talk and talk and talk and process different uh, phases of of my youth, of my childhood, because this is what it's about, parenting. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And so we want to increase the quality of mothers and fathers, single parents. And, um, you know, we all have a story and I believe that we can learn from each other. And so if we don't share, I think we're robbing other people Mm -hmm. uh, from a a learning experience. So thank Mm -hmm. you all for joining me. My name is Jeremiah Rankins with minor major. I'm with my mom. Bio mom, uh, <laughs> she's still alive and taking and I love her. <laughs> and so I thank you so much. Mm. Glad to be. Mm. All right, that was good. Okay. Oh. All right, where my, where my grandbaby? Let me go check on my. Okay, there you go. Um, some more insight into my world. I give you all the the front seat, the front row of who I am, based off of who. Uh, raised me where I come from. Very good insight. So I hope y'all use this to your advantage. Uh, Learn from these, uh, some of these experiences that my family has uh, gone through, that I have gone through. Reach one, teach one. Use this in the best constructive way possible to build each other up and to help somebody else. And so um, I hope you got some value from this. And Thank you for uh, joining me in another episode of Minor to Major, where we help people turn their minor setbacks into major comebacks. Mwah!